feel like I have so many good ideas between the episodes and then when it comes to do them, I've forgotten what they are. I know that's why you keep a list of the things that you want to talk about, mm-hmm. which, 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 seems, which seems clever. Um, is there anything that's been burning in your mind to put on a list? Um, I've been wondering about whether it's time to do ideology just because it'll be one of the big ones, but I don't know, it feels, um, we, our attempts to maybe be topical or not be topical, I think we've more or less settled on not being topical, but it feels like one where Mm. we can, where we can talk adjacent to a bunch of stuff that's going on without necessarily having to do any boring takes on, um, any of the things that are already being said by everybody all the time. Yeah, sure. Did you say adjacent? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I shortened the word adjacent to adjacent. Um, I'm, wow. I've, I've been uh, really making uh, a lot of inroads with the kids lately, Chris, in an attempt to uh, spread uh, uh, the influence of our podcast. So you're going to be hearing me, hear me doing quite a few briefs going forward. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I, I'm not even going to test your premise that that, uh, that the kids are, are, you know, any source of inherent virtuous culture spreading. What my, uh, it's, I just rem- got reminded my friend, uh, has a big, a friend of mine, um, has, uh, Perchamp for taking things that aren't abbreviations and imagining what they would be abbrevi- abbreviations for if they were. Oh yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. Just that's, take- a, that's a, that's a, that's a meme. That's a joke format on Twitter. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, uh, damn it. Now I've been outed as being not across my memes. All right. We need to abort any attempts <laughs> to be down with the kids and get into the body of the episode ASAP. We'll win them back when we're discussing ideology. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Rank Ideas podcast. That's oh, but we're we're on video for the first time, yeah, which I yeah. think is something I didn't even realize because there was just a what we always do is we talk, we have we figure out what we're going to talk about, then have a little pause where we will insert the theme song, and then uh, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't break down the magic, but um, we, I'm you know the, I'm the main point of, is you can watch it on video. I'm in I'm in favor of always breaking down all the magic all the time, uh, as uh, yeah, right. we, as will be further evidence when we get to the topic of magic, which is great. Uh, magic is a great, uh, illusionary bunch of nonsense. That's great on that basis. So, um, is even better when you don't rank it now, deconstruct it. You're right. Um, that was too quick. Yeah. Um, we're, what we're doing here on the podcast, uh, today where me, Nick and Chris over there, um, rank all human ideas from, from best to worst, uh, systematically one idea per episode. Um, we're ranking the idea of ideology, which, you know, I feel like, um, a lot of people's default assumption might've been that we were going to be ranking things like capitalism or libertarianism or, uh, socialism, um, as their own separate things. And we might be, I don't know, like, yeah, that was, that was my expectation. Yeah, we might be, but I don't know, like for me, um, I was, uh, the thing I'm excited to talk about today, um, oh, let me correct myself. The thing I'm excited, uh, to do today is to equally offend all proponents of all major ideologies by positing that all of them have more in common with each other than they have differences, which, you know, Oh, uh, I love that. Cause I mean, you know, and an edgelord take, uh, yet again, um, from, Finally. from your, from your edgelord boys. Um, but yeah, uh, Chris, I um, uh, I'm gonna annoyingly ask if you want to start with um, your 
quickest off the dome sense of a definition of ideology? Uh, well, I I think the the things that I would reach for as a as a definition will um, give a huge um, indication as of my first instinct on how to rank it as well. Um, I think an ideology is a a guiding set of of um, principles based on uh, uh, an experience of the world to, that is then um, asserted and and shared um, and adopted um, as a um, as 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 guide uh, guidelines for how to build your society and live your life or or whatever it is. But you could probably have ideologies in in smaller spheres, like you could have, like say, if you I don't know if if you, um, I wonder, is it an ideology if you, if it's something you practice just in the confines of your house or something like that? It's an interesting question. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not doing a good job defining it for sure. For me, um, you, you got at the central two bits for me, which is the idea behind a, um, ideology just as a, um, system of, uh, how society should best be organized or how life should just be lived or how existence should be done. But, um, that, uh, equally important idea or at least an important idea to unpack, which is, you know, a lot of people, their ideology is based on their sense of uh, essential truths about the world. So um, that to me is the funny, interesting thing about ideology is that um, people, people who hold them, particularly people who hold them as, hold them as something that they strongly believe in or internalize, um, they, to their mind, um, they are just responding to the, um, evident truths of the world and their ideology is the best um, response um, in terms of how to uh, organize things systemically that, uh, you know, it's to them, it's the response that most makes sense to how they see the world. So it's kind of, yeah, which I I think it just immediately exposes the the cracks because, you know, I don't think um, if there was a universal ideology, wouldn't, we wouldn't be aware of it because we wouldn't have to describe it. So the ideologies that do exist are, um, competing and not universally ascribed to and not um, universally they don't they don't really exist anywhere in any pure form um and so they're a, a set of principles based on values that the the, the adherents share but um that those those principles are derived from um individual experience and you know psychotype or whatever and uh the fact that they are not um shared means that they they won't necessarily suit other people. They, they, they won't speak to the universal truths as somebody else may see them. And so uh, sort of in, enforcing them um, as though they will be well-received is is a kind of violence and, and inevitably leads to, in, in my opinion, um, a backlash and an unstable, it's a, a destabilizing, a destabilizing element to society. I, um, I th- want to do, um, because yeah, I, was, I, it's, I'm so excited to jump down that hole of, um, ripping on the destabilizing effects of ideology or the, or the brutalizing effects of ideology. I wanted, I want us to start maybe sometimes doing a thing. I I was thinking about what might've made our um, last discussion on fairness a little bit more efficient, not that efficiency is uh, in any way my goal with this ever, but I was thinking about, Oh, I'm I'm not sure we'd be doing this at all. (laughs) If that was, if there was going to be, I was like, if, if I was going to try and do a less roundabout version of that, what might I have done? And then the idea I had, um, I I think this could be a, a good, um, just a nice good faith way to hit some of these exercises in the first place, which is to do the, 
imagining of okay why did why would ideology have formed in the first place as a human idea or as a organizing principle mm-hmm. like why how did we end up with ideologies off the top of our head did you give some thought to that or you just wanted to ask the question i wanted to ask the question to you but i uh if you want to just make me answer that question instead you know you can you can unpick this constant uh stitch up uh approach that i, that <laughs> yeah, I take yeah. um no i'll give it a crack uh why do ideologies exist um, I think it's because um, I think it's because one like one of the great capacities that the, the human brain has is to is for an imagination for how things could be versus how they are, and I think that 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 source is a source of great frustration for for all of us all the time because. Um, you know, we could just see how it could be better if only everybody would do this or if only things were like that. You know, we could then have X outcome, which is happens to be the one that I value above all others. And mm. um, and 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 we would all be better off if we all valued that um, is, I guess, the 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 shortcut blind spot path. Um, and and that's uh, that inevitably resonates with people who agree and see the same deficiency in society. Like, wouldn't it be great if like I, I don't I don't really. I don't want to fall into picking on particular ideologies in this episode because I think that that's, yeah, great. But I could see how, um, say, and, and so I apologize for whichever example first comes to head to my mind, but I, um, I could see how if, uh, I think that it's really important that everybody has, um, I just I don't want to pick something that I materially agree with either because because then I'll feel (laughs) foolish, but say if I, something that a lot of people think is everybody should have, uh, a house. Um, and, uh, and that's something we could currently afford to provide for everybody. And I see that gap and somebody else sees that gap and like, yeah, we could currently provide a house for everybody. That is something we could do. And then, um, and, and so that, uh, uh, yeah, I I think, I think it's about addressing that, um, a a communal sort of anxiety that comes from seeing what, uh, how things could be and wanting to have universal rules for addressing that. And that part of it makes it very relatable to me in a way which feels like a nice generous place, place to start with the idea because, yeah, um, I people uh, who have heard, listened to the podcast so far, I'm sure will be shocked to hear that I often look at the world and think, oh, it's so clear. If people just did stuff more like this, things would be better. Um, uh, I have those instincts all the time. Obviously, those instincts are based on my own personal values, social conditioning, um, perspective on the world, but yeah, but it's still, um, again, I think something that I am unabashedly, uh, positive on, which maps across ideology is the idea of modeling how society could be different to how it is. Um, the, and believing in the idea of, um, large scale changes to the systemic breakdown of human existence. Like that part, um, I think is valuable and worthwhile. I think, um, the, Example That's, of that kind of doesn't really exist in isolation, though, for for the concept that we're decoupling here. No, exactly. And I think your um, analogy about ideas, ideologies that value home ownership um, is is a nice little one to unpack because I mean, that's across, that's across a bunch of ideologies. I mean, you know, let me put it this way, Mm. capitalism and socialism, for instance, which are often presented as dumbly as a binary, um, both, uh, have heaps of scope within them for the valuing of, um, people having their own homes. Um, the, uh, you know, the interesting, uh, to me, the, the, the little naughty bit is just looking at and going, okay, how many, narratives and scripts um of value piled on top of each other do you have to have before you get to the idea of home as you know a physical 
own space that is just that belongs to specific people as value like i mean a there's there's the idea of the value property. there's the idea of property there's the idea of the value of ownership there's the idea of um boarded existences there's the idea of um autonomy and individual freedoms there's the idea of, sh- of obviously sh- you know things that are starting to feel a little more universally ascribed like shelter and safety but um yeah let's just say between the basic um hard to you know from from the primal shelter and safety premise all the way through to owning your own home there's uh i'm conscious that there's a lot lot more layers of um narrative and story and values and you know uh ideological value than i tend to consciously think about Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that there's a point at which um something falls off of being an ideology or, or falls into it? Like what's, what's the boundary of it? Like, um, you know, say if everybody has a belief that, uh, you know, say people should own homes, is that an ideology or is that just in a, a school of thought? Is that an I, opinion? I think an ideology is bigger. I think it's more of a super idea. I think an ideology, yep. I think an ideology is a, um, is a, is a set of, uh, values and propositions for, um, how so- for for what the first principles of how society should be organized are like even mm-hmm. even really detailed ideologies that have you know um, centuries of um, of uh, argument and counter argument in them and um, different you know dif- different uh, iterations generation generationally mm-hmm. all of them still have a set of first principles that they spring forward from um, and most of them have, and you know really this the persistent sticky ideologies those first principles are quite can be very simply expressed you know like if it's feminism you can express it yep. you know you whatever whatever wave of feminism you're a part of you can express the concept of feminism in a in a very um pure sense of you know uh f- fighting for the self-determination of women and against the tide of uh historical discrimination against women um, yeah, you, you should be able to capture them all in a sentence, really. Yeah, like liberty. You know, if you, if you're a libertarian, you can talk about the idea of personal freedom being um, vaunted and um, valued above uh, all, most or all other things. You know, like these are the you know they they've got a they've got a simple sticky handle that's um, attached to something emotive and uh, that hooks in on the values rather than in dry just dry policy uh, didacticism. Yeah, and I think the silent second half of any definition of any ideology is because uh, this is how you know we will all be happier. You know, this is this is this is this is the this is the map to a better world. Yes, and that's why I think the homeownership is isn't as a, is a, can be a value within an ideology, but it can't be an ideology because to me, an ideology has to be some version of um, defining the water that we all swim in. Like it has to be if yeah. an ideological lens it only works if it's a way that someone plausibly could look at the entire world um, through that lens, whether, whether that's going to lead them to accurate analysis or not, they could, they, you could do it with an ideology with any given ideology. I feel like also any given ideology just, it just reminds me that they're all very uh, susceptible to being um like to fall into naturalist fallacies. I feel like that mm. it's, it's an extraordinarily common um, uh, hammer that people hold when uh, agitating for their particular ideology, which is to, you know, have some demonstrative, you know, natural physical proof that this is how people are best designed to live or people or whatever, how yeah. we best respond to. Yeah. The, I've, I've heard it as said um, smugly as a, um, 
as a as a quote by people from all kinds of ideological camps, which is this, you know, like um, you know, uh, reality has a insert my ideology bias. You know, reality has a conservative yeah, bias. Yeah. Reality has a liberal bias. Yeah. You know, which is like, yeah, which is pretty funny because I mean, uh, particularly in our uh, current circumstances, um, like one thing that I uh, I think is a pretty obvious observation about the current circumstances is seeing how, uh, by which I mean, oh my god, global pandemic is just seeing how there isn't a single um, like ideological school or lens that anybody has, uh, or even below that, like a political lens that anyone has that maps neatly onto the current situation in terms of giving people a a, a complete set of principles for how to act or what to do. Yeah, but despite that, uh, I have seen uh, uh, similarly. Um, a universal response where I, I think I found a take of, you know, basically every um, ideological position that uh, affirms that, that uh, we are struggling more with this because we haven't fully adhered to my ideological position. You know, if we, if we had, if, if we had a better understanding of this, then we would be better. And this is why we're better prepared in this instance or, or whatever. Um, and, and I think that is really starting to lead into where, uh, what I imagine will be our common problems with ideology is that it's it's sort of a dull hammer that people wield that um, is a unfortunately it, it's uh, looking through the world through any ideological lens um, because it is an exclusive um, uh, premise that you're positing um, as as holding onto some universal truth. The fact that it isn't universally experienced, uh, I think, leads to the sort of blind spots that that get you in trouble, not just with your own um, rational thinking, but even with the information that you're willing to receive from the world. And it, yeah, I mean, as someone who uh, is super susceptible myself to motivated reasoning, as in, you know, like the, oh, the ability, yeah, the ability. But everybody, it's, yeah. it's absurd to think that somebody isn't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like by which, you know, I just mean the ability to marshal all of my intellectual processing power towards building whatever argument is going to fit the values I already hold. Um, yeah, to me, and again, like I've, I've, I feel, um, I've seen a lot of people musing aloud about whether, um, oh, this current situation is going to lead to the end of insert ideological camp that they have beef with. And I don't think so. I don't think so. Because as you just said, Chris, like people's ability to rationalize, um, around their existing lens is extremely persistent. Um, I do think, yeah, I mean, obviously ideologies rise and fall over time, and, and the things that are actually happening in the world are part of that. But yeah, we can't, we, there's no way to, like now that ideologies are loose in society and have been for a long, have been for a long, long time, um, their ability to mutate and recombine. Uh, obviously the great thing about, is the astounding thing about the human intellect is our ability to just work abstractly. So the, the idea of um, being able to both hold uh some fundamental first principles in our minds uh, and value them uh, to to almost to life and death stakes, while also abstracting enough steps out of that so that you are behaving completely opposite to the simplest expression of those values, uh, and still feel that you are yeah. expressing those values. Like our potential to do that seems almost limitless. So um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no genocide without ideology. That's that's for, that's uh, I don't know if that's for sure, but uh, in modern large scale societies it feels pretty true you would need a at the very least there's no there's no genocide you would you would just not be bothered to go to the lengths of something like genocide without, yeah. without at the very least a grand narrative which ideologies yeah. and grand narratives aren't exactly the same thing but they map onto each other very strongly it's the idea of yeah yeah, yeah having something having an idea that is large enough um and uh galvanizing enough that um 
truly, uh, yeah, just like truly unthinkable acts become thinkable um, because because of how they scan with that narrative. Uh, when you were talking about um, how the, the motivated reasoning element, I was, I just started thinking like you know that the worst human conditions and behavior that we could think of like in the last, like within, within relatable periods of, of people who are alive now, um, you will still find adherence to all of those ideologies, but by, by the, by at least the hundreds of thousands, you know, um, mm. uh, if not the millions, if not the tens of millions. So, not, um, it yeah. is, uh, yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, I, I think that, um, I don't know, I'm very big on, um, the sort of, universal connection to solving on the power and, and uh, this is, this is quite esoteric, but um, on the, um, the real influence of, of compassion and empathy to, um, to bridge a lot of the human suffering and problems that we have. And I think that uh, ideologies are a blunt instrument um, of exclusion and, um, and <laughs> which, which I guess is, I suppose, an ideology of, that I adhere to myself, perhaps not. I, I don't, I don't know, but th- just, just, I think that the idea that, um, that, uh, but, but the, the moment you start assuming that you were right about everything or that, um, you, that the truths upon which you behave, are the certain, um, tested ones that are known, um, it's, it's just, it just opens up. It's just, just, uh, river after river of, of dreadful thinking and potential behavior. Um, so I, I'm, immediately inclined to rank ideology to be honest at last um it's it's because it's, because of the because of the capacity for uh, harm i think that comes with it i think it's a real bottom shooter and on yeah to me the thing i would add like even even if you set aside the idea of what you're talking about which is just its incredible propensity for um pushing othering to its extremes um by you know setting in groups and out groups around people around shared or unshared grand narratives even if you leave that to the side just the basic idea of um, having a set of principles uh, of right of of right action and wrong action, uh, right values and wrong action and wrong values, um, instantly creates the potential for you to short short circuit and circumvent your sense of in the moment empathy, compassion, and generosity for the people around you. Um, in a similar yeah, way, and it, receptive to information and and your your reading of, of that's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Realities. yeah. Here's a, you know, it reminds me, it's similar ideas that were in my head when we were talking about fairness, which is its own grand narrative that um, leads people mm-hmm. to decide, to decide abstract ideas of right and wrong. For me, yeah, I am a big belief, a thing that, a thing that really, that I love about human existence. One of the things I objectively love about human existence is just the incredible capacity at all times and in all places for, um, moments of human connection to just happen in spite of all, in spite of reason, in spite of the, the Mm -hmm. corridors and halls of reason, the mazes of reason that we put between ourselves and other people. Um, when there is our autonomous human capacity to be presented with a vulnerable person right in front of us or right in front of our eyeline and to just respond with care, with an instinct of care and an instinct of generosity, um, is vast and plays out all the time. And luckily, plays out across, uh, like cut, there's, there's enough moments every day, um, to, uh, where that cuts through people's ideological positions or the principle of the thing, which I always have contempt for. Um, the, uh, it's, you know, that happens often enough for me to have hope that it's, that it, <laughs> that it could happen at any given time. But 
for me, one of the biggest things that uh, short circuits that the ability for that to happen, for that just basic human thing to happen is um, ideological narratives that people have, ideologies that people have gumming up their brains, making them think that, yeah, <laughs> making them have an argument for why not to care about something for or someone, for, yeah. what, for why they can't, for why they can't just follow their base instincts. And look, sometimes obviously uh, the basic, the particularly when people have um, been conditioned through exploitation, when they've already, when they've been exploited a lot by the systemic uh, systems of power around them, sometimes the idea of just giving into your instincts of care again and again, uh, that's bad. It's a bit like when we were talking about generosity, which, you know, is, yeah. is uh, one of our top rank ideas. But the thing we did identify about generosity, which is fraught, is the ability for... The risk and cost. The risk and cost. And I think, again, there's a risk and cost to um, being free of ideology. I say this as someone who, again, I can't claim to be ideologically free um, as any more, in a world where, again, like, this, you know, cross-mapping of ideologies is the culture I've come up in. I can happily say that I don't, that I'm not a... I'm not a named subscriber to any of the dominant ideologies. Like I couldn't tell you what the, there isn't an ist that I am particularly, um, uh, aside from just, I don't know, unless just contrarian is an ideology, but, um, I definitely still have my, let me, let me just say, considering, considering that even without that, I still have tons of condition values, um, cognitive biases, um, my, you know, conditioned sense of right and wrong. That's just, you know, that's local and, to and me. That's absolutely why these, that's why these things even exist is because, you know, we, who has the, like, we don't have the computing power to constantly interrogate everything and to make um, consistent decisions. And so it's, it's easier to um, have an idea of what we broadly think, uh, you know, that maps onto everything. It's, it's just that the risk of much like how fairness isn't the, the right lens to, to, or the most helpful lens, um, you know, the reason we found that he health and fairness were not uh, good tools for their their um, self-described function is because they don't they don't uh, they don't automatically map onto the realities that we're trying to use them with in the way that they are used. So they they, they become weapons behind which you can um, assume that you're doing the right thing, and and they they become masks for interrogating uh, behavior, thoughts, um, and information. From the world, like they become uh, more than masks, they become roadblocks uh, very often, and and you see you see that there. I think there's there. I, I kind of don't want to go into sp sp attacking specific ideologies, but there are there are so many um you know psychological studies that that demonstrate how um how people layering on meaning in a certain way leads to them behaving in the exact opposite way in which they think that they are their prescribed value set um. Uh, demands and and the conditions that it leads to. So um, I think that that's like the, the there are real benefits because obviously we can't think of everything all the time. Um, and uh, you know it's 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 good to have general guiding principles to how we want to live. The the um, end goals of ideologies are you know worthy in that and it, in that it's good to have people talking about society and thinking about how they want to live and having that as a dialogue. But um, the way in which we uh, adhere to them. Um, and map them as a reality is is I, th I think catastrophic. Same, same, and maybe, I mean, maybe even maybe even the worst of humanity. And to, on uh, on top of that, I would say that the thing that you're rightly pointing out, which is that you know, on paper, it's a labor saving device or a computational reality in terms of our computational limits as a group organism. I would say it doesn't even particularly work well for that because I don't see day mm. in day out 
a bunch of people yeah. behaving in a unified way. Again, you do see you do see vast amounts of collective action that's powered by ideology. You do. Also, um, I still see uh, human beings walking around as a mess of every every individual human being is just in a constantly renegotiated state of um, illusion, like illusionment or disillusionment from their ideology or their ideological tribe. Even you know, um, I have some very close friends who you know they their communication and explanation of themselves as oh I'm a this I'm a I'm a this ist um, will then has to constantly be accompanied by an explanation of how they are a different and better is that it is to everyone else in the world who follows that ideology, except yeah. for the, except for the couple of obscure thinkers that they, you know, that they think everyone should have listened to a hundred years ago. And I look at that and I go, well, yeah, what? I go, well, how's it useful anymore? Um, I just see, and yeah, so many people's lives seem to be defined by just their, um, love, hate relationships with their own ideal, if not their own ideology, then the population, then the shared population of that ideology. And I think this is only the strong adherence. I think most people, you know, I don't think most people, um, oh, I hope, I wonder. I, I think most people's ideologies are not contested enough that they, yes. that they in their own, you know, day-to-day um, interactions have to, you know, uh, defend them or use it to defeat the things that are around them. Some people for sure, but um, I think most people don't engage so strongly with with that sort of identity. That's a funny one though, because to me the question is: Are the strong adherence the strong adherence of of ideology obviously have um, a great cost on society in terms of their ability to push action and behaviors to the extreme or to um, you know to rally people to extreme actions? Also, to me, the soft adherence have their a strong own- benefit if that's what you. Yeah. yeah um, sorry, I was just um, a strong benefit if it happens to accord with your your goals. But- yes, true. Um, and yes, the people. But sorry, uh, the soft adherence. Exactly. I was no, but you you're right. I mean, if you know the hard adherence of um, uh, you know you know uh, lunch as the most important meal of the day have a lot of uh, benefits um, uh, flowing onto my life personally. But the um, yeah, but the, <laughs> to me, the soft adherence have their own insidious power, which is to be um, contentedly and unquestioningly um, adding. Uh, heft of bodies and weight and numbers to the strong adherence, like basically by which I mean, if people, yeah. yes, I, you know, I think about uh, political debates that happen, referendums that happen on topics, votes that happen on topics where you have uh, X amount of the of the electorate who are voting in behalf of, of one ideology aren't necessarily doing it that thoughtfully, but just out of a, comf- a trained comfort with their ideological position. And to me, that's quite... Yeah, that's that's you know, and again, this this uh, speaks to my values and the things and the lens I look at through the world. But to me, that is that has its own chilling aspect. The idea that of how much can of how much uh, political force can be rallied and operated with with such a light touch of ideology, um, and it's not light. It's it's just that it's long and deep uh, through a, through a population, but its expressions can. But again, it's just another another way that we're talking about where people's behaviours um, day day in day out and their selfhood could be uh, abstracted in many, deeply abstracted in many ways from how they uh, vote and rally behind uh, different um, ideological camps. I, I probably I don't want to ask you for an example because again the to avoid resist the temptation of going to into specifics, but I do, I do think that the, um, that that may be a bit overstated because I think that even if you didn't have ideology, there's still like, 
you know, we are, we're all, di- we're all different and we all have a different set of experiences and, and consequently values. Um, and, and there is, there is some, there is something that's resonant about ideas. They're not, they don't, they don't just, they don't just kick around by random chance. You know, there's there, some ideas, uh, appear, are inherent. They have, they have an inherent stickiness that, that people enjoy. Um, and, and so, um, when someone who maybe like a hardcore ideologue proposes something that people agree with, they don't just agree with it because of ideal, like they agree with it because I think often as often because of the common sets of values and, um, you know, the, the resonant power of an, an idea that, that happens to strike through. And I think that's, I think that's right. And I think so. And again, we're not, we're not ranking ideas here because a, um, we're ranking all ideas on the list and, uh, we're, uh, and any ideology is just going to be made up of a collection of ideas that are going to be separately ranked on the list. We are very specifically ranking, uh, and I think we should slide into ranking it now. The idea yep. of yeah, we should we're uh, specifically ranking the idea of having a set of um, guiding organizational principles um, that are designed to uh, posit a intersection between how the world really is and how it then should be organized. Um, and uh, that set of principles is specifically organized to work at a mass scale, like to be to be applied across a large population. That's what we're that's what we're ranking. And I mean, to me, yeah, yeah, to me. And again, it's yet another one that comes down to the um, reoccurring story of of uh, Nick just pushing for the uh, pushing the limits of the human capacity to just hold more complexity. But again, I think this one is less harder to argue with that because yeah, I think what I was trying to say before is I don't see. I see that this was designed in the first place to help us sit with less complexity, but it doesn't actually functionally do that day to day. People end up just having to, Mm. people end up having to go through tons of complex uh, mental hoops and thought processes just to an argument. uh, And at the very least, emotional stress that comes from debate and dispute, um, trying to maintain their ideal, the integrity of their ideological uh, position, or more often just sitting in cognitive dissonance around it. Yeah, which is absolutely the the, the um, more common example. I think that um, the those yeah those stated benefits um, of the intentions of ideology uh, don't exist. Um, and where you want where you want the benefit of um, you know being able to have shorthand solutions to complex problems, um, it's the wrong tool. It's the wrong tool that's being brought to bear. Some, um, yeah. Some and- some yeah. of, some of these other ones that are bottom shooters are at least some of them are a good tool for a thing that we just don't think is a good outcome. Whereas this is mm-hmm. like this this one seems like a perfect storm of being of being fraught at the very least fraught outcome, and it's a bad tool for that outcome. And and not just not just a not just any outcome either, but the the most critical of outcomes, which <laughs> yeah. is you know how do we improve society? Yes. Um. And how do we? Yeah. You know that that's that's kind of the eternal. Um, human question and um yeah and i'll say we've got a tool that that damages it and i'll say for the for those who would for those like myself inside my own mind right now who are yelling yeah nick but then what's your big idea for how society can be practically organized if not through an ideological script um what i would posit straight away is the idea of just the thing that we are getting more capability growing more capability of every day which is understanding the neurological processes of the brain like just the processes of the brain the heuristics of the brain what what they what we're function what our brains are functionally doing and why and what needs their servicing and just having a little bit more um of a 
of a mundane down-to-earth understanding of that and how to service that more directly to me points in the direction of how you can commu- how you can organize the group organism of humankind without having to uh, put the magical thinking of ideology on to lay it on top of it, or at least as much. And what a worthy pursuit. What a worthy pursuit, you know? Yes, exactly. And and for me, fun and exciting and, and you know, beautiful, like the, you know, learning more about our, learning more about ourselves. And to me, you know, like so much of life is about, um, it's, yeah, it's, it is about pursuing the, um, this, yeah, just, just the, the mysteries, like the astounding, beautiful mysteries of the world around us. And, and to us, like, it's cool that one of them is just the actual, the actual meat of the brains that's in our head is still such a mystery, but that, but that mystery is, but we are learning more. We may never know. We probably won't ever know the whole thing, but our capacity to know more all the time is, is proven and super cool. Yeah. I think as, as, uh, just before we slot it, um, down way down, um, I want to just quickly say that I think I just want to be completely clear that things like, um, you know, scientific method is not an ideology. Um, and that, uh, it's a process and that sort of, yeah. And that universal experience is not an ideology. I I just feel like things, things that people may be, uh, screaming and thinking, well, what about this? This is definitely true. I I think if it's definitely true and universally thought it's, it's automatically not, not like we know that it, it, it removes itself from definition. And I would say to the listener that if you do feel that those are ideologies that you're having a faith based model in, then I would ask you to, to analyze is like, is that, is that really what those things are? Or is that just how you've felt that you've had to understand them and think, and then take the extra and go, can you, do you have to understand them in that way? Or can you just meet them at their, can you meet something like scientific method on its own terms, which is that it was just a, it was just a model and a process that was designed to have utility uh, while being self-aware of its limitations. Jeez, Nick, that's a brutal thing to ask of the dear listener who <laughs> so generously come to the end. You're right. I'll ch- potentially I'll, hating us the whole way. I'll change that ask. Uh, here's the new ask to the listeners. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast and get them to listen to it. <laughs> and now it's a vodcast as well. <laughs> hey. Is that a term? Uh, yes, villainous podcast is a term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, I'm looking at the list here. Out at the bottom, uh, we've got uh, on heading down. We've got health, borders, fandom, fairness, faith, and fulfillment. I reckon we're going to crack all the Fs, and I, I personally am agitating for this to be last. Yeah, I, f- I feel like fulfillment is the one that it could go to could go to toe to toe with it, but I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah. Fulfillment, at least. Ideology has baked in fulfillment. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's very like, it's good not just point. Fulfillment for me, it's for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's even more. Yeah, it's it has the same. Um, it's it's equally unhelpful with an extra dash of arrogance. You're right. It's great. Mm. New bottom great. shooter. All right. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for that, Nick. Nice to nice to see you. Oh, so nice to see you, Chris, um, and to mm. see me over your shoulder. <laughs> Oh, looking good. In particular. Can't be revision 2019. RIP. All right. Um, special All right. shout out to uh, our th- performer, current performer of our theme song, Luke McGrath, because it's his birthday today. Mm. Oh, happy birthday, Luke. Yeah. Take us out, Luke.